Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. This is Season 12, Episode 6, entitled, What's Behind the Pain? When you are faced with addiction in your household, and I am now speaking of being a parent or spouse or child of an alcoholic or addict, the chances are that you are experiencing more physical pain than would otherwise be the case. So let's discuss why that is. In the early 1980s, a neurologist, Dr. John Sarno, became frustrated with the medical establishment's inability to solve the problem of chronic pain among the many thousands of patients who continued to complain about it, but without relief. They tried everything, including back and neck surgery, which turned out to be, quote, successful only about 30% of the time. The pain I speak of is stabbing, burning, aching, or dull throbbing pain in the back of the neck, down the center of the spine, and or along both sides of the spine down to the lower back, and even into the leg. Sometimes the pain is diagnosed as sciatica, which means pain is referred from the space between lumbar vertebra down one or both legs, often all the way down to the big toe. The key insight is this. No matter what type of pain that a patient would present to Dr. Sarno, it was invariably accompanied by some type of conflict or trauma in a patient's life. This insight led him to challenge to thinking that pain is just a physical problem. He reasoned at this early stage that there simply has to be more to it than that, that there are a number of factors that contribute to chronic pain. I speak here of relentless daily pain that robs a person of his or her ambitions and dreams, indeed steals one's ability to have a seemingly normal life. The philosophy that all doctors subscribe to in Dr. Sarno's day as taught to them in medical school, is that there is always a physical problem causing the pain. The real problem, Dr. Sarno asserted, is that there did not appear to be a true solution to the pain afflicting patients who suffered from the same type of pain year after year. So the good doctor asked a different type of question. What if the source of the pain wasn't the physical problem? What if the source of the pain resided in the interaction between the brain and the body? So instead of doing a diagnosis of just the physical, what if the doctor-patient conversation revolved around the patient's life situation, focusing on the stresses and worries of that patient? What if the doctor spent more time on getting at the truth about a person's life? It turned out that Dr. Sarno's patients were angry people, but they disguised and suppressed their anger because it was not socially appropriate to speak out. Many of these patients were women who had sacrificed career opportunities in order to become mothers and stay home and take care of the house and the children as society expected them to do. Meanwhile, they were seething underneath and experienced back and neck pain that they didn't see as connected to their anger. Dr. Sarno's first major finding 
was that suppressed rage played a role in the physical symptoms. It turned out that as patients talked about their life problems, especially about their bitter disappointments, their physical symptoms started to ease and in some cases disappeared altogether. And that's pretty amazing. A whole lot of research has been conducted since Dr. Sarno's early theory was published. He called it TMS, tension myositis syndrome. His insights ignited a new field of discovery, which he termed mind-body research, and in effect, his insights turned the thinking behind the conventional medicine upside down. What has this to do with families living with an alcoholic or addict, or what relevance does this have for the alcoholics and addicts themselves? For those caring for an addict or alcoholic, they are experienced levels of stress the system was never meant to endure. Rage, fear, depression, anxiety. Many have given up on taking care of themselves, becoming trapped instead in a vicious cycle of hope and despair. The chances are high that caretakers are generally less healthy than the average adult, and that the stresses induced by the family situation mean that chronic pain is now part of the daily reality for them. Caretakers in a family with addiction, and even addicts and alcoholics themselves, have higher measured levels of adrenaline and cortisol, the two hormones that make up the fight-or-flight response. Imagine what it does to the immune system to always be in a high-alert state. It's exhausting and debilitating. One is far more vulnerable to suffer from disease states associated with high-stress situations that warp one's good judgment. These unhealthy states are often self-perpetuated. Obesity, poor cardiovascular function, diabetes, anxiety, low energy, lower levels of physical activity, and poor fitness are all part of the addicted family syndrome. One of the scary findings in the research on codependent families, which describes all families who have an alcoholic or addict living among them, and that's my opinion and it's backed up by research, is that the caretaker, say mom, has completely given up on her responsibility to her own well-being. She just pushes through her pain. About the only thing that will make her feel okay is when her son, the addict, is okay. When he's not okay, she isn't either. What makes her day is when Johnny is okay with her, when he says the right things or shows approval and affection. She's an empty vessel otherwise, driven only by what will make her Johnny happy and maybe someday get some help for himself too. And Johnny loves mom only when she's doing what he has manipulated her to do. He is very angry when he doesn't get what he wants. He's not the problem. She's the problem because she's in the way of him getting high. Something has happened to mom, the caretaker. I chose the word caretaker, not caregiver, because a caretaker is an enabler who subverts the very meaning of giving true care to a sick person. What's happened to mom is that her brain has developed neural pathways that have become grooved or hardened by continuous repetitive thinking and behavior that has changed hardly at all over the years and has manifested itself in increasing physical and psychological that is uh, also known as psychic pain. To quote a well-known neurosurgeon, Thomas Jones, MD, medical director of Santa Barbara Neuroscience Institute, quote, chronic low back pain is more likely a brain disorder than a back disorder. The focus of treatment today is to offer patients cognitive retraining so that they can develop new neural pathways that replace the well-worn old ways of thinking that actually make the pain worse over time, close quote. Making a change from an unhealthy way of thinking and being which consisted of sacrificing one's own health for an illusion, is a monumental undertaking. Imagine living with the idea that if only one did a certain thing or a series of things that Johnny would go to treatment 
or stop using drugs on his own. Those of us who have experienced recovery talk about the miracle of a complete change of direction, but only after we were really ready, after we had had enough. And what happened? We decided that we needed to be rewired in such a way that we no longer believed that a drink or a drug would solve whatever problem we encountered. We chose to develop new neural pathways in our brains which required constant repetition to overcome the old way of thinking. That's why CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, is such a powerful process for those starting out in recovery. Cognitive behavioral therapy helps to identify the erroneous, self-centered thinking that, for example, would say it's okay to not show up to your daughter's school play despite the fact that you promised you would be there. The reality is that both the caretakers and the addicts, alcoholics, and their respective families have learned a lot of wrong things in the course of progression of this disease. Both parties live with the illusion that they can manage the disease on their own, even if the addicts admit that they have a problem. And most of the time, however, both parties will not even admit that there's a problem at home, or they minimize it. But as time rolls on and circumstances keep getting worse, as jobs are lost, as the head of the household retreats into isolation to the shame that addiction brings, some throw in the cards and accept help from a 12-step program and or a counselor trained in addiction. This is where the work starts. One of the hardest things in the world to do is to change the way we think. Neuroscientists will say that's because we are creating new neural pathways to replace the old so that the unfamiliar takes over from the familiar and allows the old pathways to weaken. That's what a relapse represents. The old pathways have reasserted themselves when the new way of thinking is not consistently reinforced. What a hopeless world it would be if it were not possible to rewire our brains. That's what happens in recovery, of course. The major scientific authorities in the U.S., the CDC and its supported groups like the National Institute of Drug Abuse, NIDA, all have concluded that alcoholism and drug addiction are disorders of the brain that can be largely corrected with the proper attitude and treatment. We shouldn't be so puzzled by the insanities exhibited by alcoholics and drug addicts. They are sick people precisely because they suffer from brain disorder. In a way, it's as it's simple and precise as that. And it's the brain disorder that amplifies the pain that the caregiver, now she's a caregiver, not a caretaker, experiences due to the imposition of multiple stressors on her system. Financial worries, fear of jail or harm to her boy, the desperate attempts to find a solution, and isolation and shame of having an addict as as a child of her own. Turns out that the very things that can help a caregiver, a parent or spouse of an addict recover from the worst effects of the disease will also serve to relieve the chronic pain that mom has endured in some cases for decades. Except for one thing, spending too much time talking to others about the pain will only make it worse. Talk instead of the solutions inherent inherent in your own recovery program. Here are some options. One, CPA, Chronic Pain Anonymous, is a 12-step program for those who suffer from chronic pain of any type. Two, Al-Anon, a 12-step program of recovery for family and friends of alcoholics and addicts. Three, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, a 12-step program to help alcoholics get and stay sober. Number four, NA, Narcotics Anonymous, a 12-step program to help addicts get and stay clean and sober. Five, CBT, which I mentioned before, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, either in a group or one-on-one session that addresses addiction and codependency issues. 
Number six, TMS, mind-body therapies, tension myositis syndrome, that addresses chronic pain, its causes, and its solutions. Any book by Dr. John Sarno, S-A-R-N-O, will introduce you to the science. Also look for books written by Dr. Howard Schubiner, Dr. David Schechter, or Dr. David Hanscom. Look for TMS or mind-body therapists in your town or online. What have we learned today? We learned that, one, chronic pain is more likely to occur in families with an addiction problem in the home. Two, that's because of the extra burden of stressors imposed by dysfunctions and, according to Dr. John Sarno, by suppressed rage. Three, science has shown that chronic pain is as much a brain disorder as it is a physical problem. Four, learning new neural pathways is a science-based way of looking at what recovery tries to do. Unlearning unhealthy ways of thinking and replacing them with new attitudes and healthy ways of thinking and being. Number five, there are countless resources, which I just mentioned, to get help when the individual decides that enough suffering is enough and that there has to be a better way. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.